Welcome to this podcast from Christchurch London. For more information and resources, please go to ChristchurchLondon.org. Thank you, Dio. Uh, happy Mother's Day. I have some really funny jokes to start me out because one of my goals in preaching is to become funnier. <laughs> And a bit more lighthearted. The only feedback, well, the major feedback I usually have is that I'm quite intense, um, <laughs> which I understand. I, it's true. So here are my really funny jokes. Um, what did <laughs> what did baby corn say to mama corn? Harrison, where's popcorn? Harrison, by the way, read these my notes because he's doing the words, and he said you can't, you can't tell these jokes. They're they're absolutely terrible. <laughs> What did the mommy spider say to the child spider? Very 2018. <laughs> Harrison knows again. You spend too much time on the web. And my very favorite is, what do you call a small mom? A mini mom. Sorry, I had to give that one. A minimum. 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 <laughs> Johnny did tell me I should practice a little bit more my punchlines. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> into our more serious topic. Um, so as you know, we're continuing our series on the armor of God. So we're looking at Ephesians 6. And um, we've had two Sundays so far in the series. Um, and if you weren't here for them, then <clears throat> in particular, it's helpful to go back to what Liam covered in his, because he kind of set the background for this series and this passage and what it's about. So basically, um, Paul is telling us that <clears throat> the Christian life, walking um, the Christian life, following Jesus, is unfortunately not akin to a walk in the park or a gentle sail down a canal. That's not the right word, but you know what I mean? Something light and breezy and easy, but he likens it to a battle. Um, and that is because this side of Jesus coming again, um, evil, the force of evil, Satan, the devil, still is active and at work in the world. Of course, he's not ultimately victorious and doesn't have ultimate power over us because of the cross, because of the gospel, but it is wrong for us to think that this isn't a reality and isn't the case. So a few weeks ago, Liam in particular was saying that our culture, the culture that we are living in today is telling us all the time that this is not a reality. All we can see is what there is. There is no spiritual dimension to this world and certainly no such thing as a devil. But the Bible is, says otherwise, and it says that there is this spiritual reality of darkness and that as followers of Jesus, we are to be aware of this. It's very important that we're aware of it, that we recognize the reality of it, and that we take up all that God has given us to live um, a life that he wants us to, to follow him. And so it talks about the different aspects of the armor, which I'll read in a minute. Um, but today we're talking about this aspect, which is called um, having our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, which I know is a mouthful and a bit confusing. Um, so we will get into it in a minute, but I'm just going to read the passage again, just to give us a bit of context as we go into today. So Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 20 Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, with your, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that when I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Now, as I said earlier, um, it's a bit of a mouthful, the aspect we're looking at today, and it's um, just a bit confusing. It's not clear at first what exactly it means. Um, I don't know if you've read this passage before and have ideas about what it might be. Um, maybe you know exactly what it is and you're miles ahead of where I was before I um, started looking into this. Um, but having read a couple of commentaries, so people who know the whole Bible much better than I do, um, they're all pretty unanimous that this is a really clear reference to a verse in Isaiah. So Isaiah 52 verse 7 says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. So it is um, clear then after reading that, that it, it does seem to be a reference to this Old Testament passage. And from this, it's basically this whole feet thing is basically a picture of someone going somewhere and physically taking something. And in both cases, what they're taking is a message. They're proclaiming something. They're telling of something. And of course, in Ephesians, what, um, what we are to take, what we are to be ready to go and to take and speak out is the gospel of peace. Now, uh, in Christian circles, this is often called evangelism, but basically this is um, essentially speaking about the gospel, explaining the gospel, particularly to those who don't um, haven't heard it or have never understood it. Um, so it is a proclamation. And it's really interesting that this is part of the armor of God. I mean, every other part of the armor is really obvious. You know, it's things we, God gives us that we put on to protect ourselves. So a breastplate and a helmet and a belt. But this one is like an offensive part of the armor. It's we are going out. We are going out with the gospel. Now, of course, um, the language of the battle doesn't really work so well here because what we're going out offensively with is not to attack our enemy or to, yeah, be kind of aggressive. And if that is how you're doing your evangelism, um, perhaps it's wrong. Um, um, but it's actually, we're bringing, what are we bringing? We are bringing a message of peace. We are bringing the gospel. So we are bringing a proclamation that God loves the world. God is for human beings so much so that he sent Jesus to die so that humans could be friends and children of God forever. 
Um, but it's interesting, not only, I think not only is this like an offensive part of God's battle plan to get his uh, message of peace out to humanity, but it's also a seemingly a part of what protects us. It seems like Paul is suggesting that as we proclaim the gospel to the world around us, to those who haven't heard it or haven't understood it, that there comes with it something of a spiritual covering for us. Now, on some level, this feels kind of mysterious to me, um, but at the, um, at the same time, it's kind of um, logical because I don't know about you, but the times I have had the opportunity to explain the gospel, to explain what the gospel has done in my life to someone who's never heard of it um, or never experienced it in the same way, it's an incredibly life-giving, exciting thing, and it makes our, f- our own faith come alive because we are seeing that uh, God is at work in the world, and that is hugely encouraging and strengthens us, and definitely has always left me in a stronger place faith-wise than I have been in seasons where I've not had those opportunities. Now, when we talk about um, evangelism or explaining the gospel, proclaiming the gospel, I think lots of us very naturally have pictures um, like the one coming up behind me. So the wonderful Billy Graham... Um, here he's preaching actually in Trafalgar Square. Um, he was obviously in my head I was, as I was preparing this since he just died. But these kind of iconic figures who were particularly gifted and winsome and had this powerful gifting to preach the gospel to millions of people all over the world. Um, And even if that is not the picture you get when you think of evangelism, I think we just think of people we know who are especially gifted with sharing or explaining the gospel. So people sometimes who are particularly clever or who have studied a lot of theology or apologetics and just have some really thought through answers just to say that that is wonderful. And I think all of us should be equipping ourselves with answers to tough questions that people ask in our culture. But at the same time, I think we tend to, or I definitely tend to then disqualify myself because I think I don't have the answer to X and Y question. Therefore, I'm afraid of bringing up this topic with people or going there in a conversation. Or I think I'm not quite as winsome as so-and-so or so-and-so who do see lots of kind of people asking them questions and they have lots of conversations and I disqualify myself, which actually as I was preparing this, I think is one of the tactics, uh, not of God's plan, but of the enemy's plan to disqualify you from thinking that you are able to be a bearer of the gospel of peace. So we disqualify ourselves. But this passage is so encouraging and I found it so, so exciting because if you think about it, um, this armor, it's not for like certain people in certain ranks in this, um, in the kind of like, well, I don't want to say army of God, but people of God. There's not some special people who need to take up this armor. That is not what the passage is saying. It's saying all followers of Jesus need to be aware that we are in a battle and you must take up all of these aspects of the armor. This means that you are made for this. This means that you are called to this. This means that this is something I am made for. I am made to be a proclaimer of the gospel of peace. 
I don't know about you, when I look around the world at the moment, the idea that I am part of bringing the gospel of peace to this dark world, to at times very broken world, is incredibly exciting to me. And even if we just think about the fact that if you have had an experience of the gospel and you uh, have a certain circle of friends or you work in a certain place and there may well be no one else who's had an experience of the gospel in that place, then you are incredibly uniquely positioned to bring your personal experience of the gospel into those relationships, into those places. Also, um, the other day, my Connect group and I, um, we were all sitting around our kitchen table and we were talking about this, about what we find easy, what we find difficult, our hopes and our fears related to speaking about the gospel. And um, what really struck me was just how unbelievably different everybody was in terms of their, their gifting. So we had Rich, who's not here today, but who um, is very creatively gifted. And he was talking about how he's done lots of spoken word in the past. So cool. Wish I could share the gospel that way. Um, but how he's really dreaming of being able to express some of the way the gospel has affected his life through performance of spoken word. Then we had Ian, who's also not here, which is good because I meant to um, clarify how to describe his job. But he basically, all of us are a bit confused. He basically cleans water um, and he works in a lab and testing water. He's tried to explain it to us lots of times. But um, so very different from Rich. Um, but he was talking about, you know, the kinds of um, working relationships he has with people. And I thought, wow, like, and, and there were more. And everybody was just so different in terms of the types of things that they did and the circles they were in and the things that they were gifted in. And then also, let alone the differences in personality. So some people were saying, oh, I find it really easy to just bring it up, like bring up my faith. Um, Emily Treblecock, who also isn't here, um, was saying like with her new mom friends, like if I played volleyball every week and I didn't talk about the fact that I played volleyball every week, that would be really weird. So of course I talk about it, um, which I thought was great. And But then other people find it easier to get involved in kind of serving and showing acts of kindness and then being able to um, somehow express something um, of the gospel that way and hopefully eventually speak about it. But yeah, so there are all these different ways. Um, and I think if we um, just look at one type of way of sharing the gospel, of explaining the gospel, then loads of us get disqualified. And the richness of the way that God has designed for his church to express his message to the world gets lost. Uh, I'm going to bring up a little bit of Disney. Uh, because it's always great. Andy did last week too. It made me very happy. I love Disney. This is like my level of films. I can't watch anything literally above a U pretty much these days. <laughs> Actually, Moana's a PG and I do find it a little bit scary <laughs> when the, <laughs> the demon lava lady comes out. Um, but I was watching this recently and um, something of it uh, reminded me of this whole um, idea that we are created to be bearers of the gospel, bearers of the peace that God God wants to bring to the world. Um, so just to give you a little bit of background before I show you a short clip, exciting. Um, I, uh, so basically Moana is about this um, island and this village people. 
And this is the movie opens with this wonderful song about the island, and the island is great, and they have everything they need on the island, the coconuts they eat from, and then the leaves, they make their baskets and their houses, and the island is wonderful, and why ever leave the island? And they never leave the island. Um, Moana loves the island, and she loves her people, but she also has this strange pull, so she's a tiny baby girl to the ocean, and she's always looking out on the ocean, the Pacific Ocean's amazing, and she wants to go out and sail and explore, but her people are constantly telling her, no, 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 it's dangerous to go out on the ocean. We stay on the island, stay on the island. The coconuts are here. Um, so in this um, clip, Moana has just had a day where it's kind of all come to attention for her to a climax. She wants to be one of her people, but she also just has this weird pull to go out into the water. And her grandmother is the only person on the island who's ever said, well, maybe, Moana, there's a reason that you want to leave the island. And it's because she basically knows someone, something that no one else knows, I guess being the oldest member of the community. Um, and she says, go into this secret cave and you'll see this fleet of ships and you will learn something about your people that will answer the question, um, answer why you are the way you are. And um, so in the clip, she has to bang this drum and then she has this vision of her people which answers her deep longing for why she wants to be out on the ocean.
I know, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> watch the whole movie. Um, so basically, Moana then runs out of this experience, and she's going, we're voyagers, we're explorers, this is why I'm the way I am. Her whole life, she's wondered, why am I this way? And she learns this liberating truth about her people, about who she is meant to be. And um, as I watch that clip, it just makes me think of um, us as uh, the people people following Jesus, us as a church community, that we were never meant to be island people. We were never meant to stay comfy and cozy with our coconuts, but we were meant to go out and to bring the gospel of peace into uh, dark places, into places that have never heard about him. We were never meant to be island people. We too are made to be explorers in this sense. Um, yeah, and I think um, so often the world around us, our culture, like Liam said, is telling us there's nothing more to this world, um, there's nothing more to your life, just build, you know, the comfortablest life you can get, um, afford, like get the biggest house you can get, send your children to the best schools you can, keep everyone safe, be as comfortable and have as much pleasure as you can have. And I think we need to reshift our thinking um, often, actually, since this is what we are um, kind of drenched in all the time and reset our um, kind of perspective on what the Bible says, that we are actually engaged in a very real battle, but we are called to be on the front line of what God is doing in our generation. We are explorers. We are voyagers spiritually. We are meant to go to places and we are meant to bring uh, Jesus into the places that we go. Now, um, I also think as well as uh, with like evangelism and talking about the gospel, I think another thing we talked already about how a pitfall can be, we disqualify ourselves because we don't look like other people look in this way in terms of speaking um, about the gospel. Um, we don't, we're not Billy Graham. Um, but I think another pitfall is um, kind of the sense of obligation sometimes that we have, which is then um, I think we often or I can often feel guilty. Like there's a lot of shoulds um, relating to this, like I should be doing this, I should be better at it, I should be more courageous. Um, but I really don't think that is the place that talking about the gospel and talking about Jesus should come from. It should be much more like um, when I went on a holiday to Portugal last year and I had such a wonderful time with Johnny and Maddie that I was thinking the whole time, oh, who could I bring here? Who could I come on holiday with here? Calling my mom saying, telling her all about what was great about it and what I loved about the place we were staying. It should be coming from a place of this is so wonderful and so amazing and I am having such an active experience of the gospel that I want to talk about it, that like Emily said in my connect group, it would be strange for me not to. Or um, when Maddie was born, um, I dangerously had my Instagram, Instagram account active and uh, I was posting those puppies a lot, pictures of baby Maddie um, every day, several, but because she was so beautiful, she's so beautiful to me and she's, uh, I just thought she was such a beauty that I had to share it. I was compelled to share the beauty. Beauty must be shared. This is such a human um, kind of instinct that we want to share what is wonderful, what is beautiful, what we love. And 
And I think that's why, you know, we hear a lot on, about social media, like we're all sharing what's great about our lives, which isn't good. But on the other hand, I was thinking, but that's because it's instinctual to share what is beautiful. Like if you see something beautiful, we want to put it on Instagram and we want to see what other people, our friends are experiencing that is beautiful and wonderful because that's, that's human. And I mean, of course, we should also uh, make sure that it's a balanced uh, internet self, what's the word? Uh, <laughs> virtual picture of ourselves. Um, but it's not, it's, not, um, it's not instinctual when we are having a tough time or see something that is um, not beautiful and brings us sadness to want to share it. And that's just kind of a human instinct. So of course, with this, that means that basically our, we need to be having our own experience of the gospel regularly, perhaps daily, to be in a place where we want to share it in this kind of authentic, natural way. We need to be having ourselves an experience of the gospel that we, are, we can say with um, integrity, the gospel is peace to me. Like, this is what's going on in my life. And this is how my faith in Jesus is changing the way I'm dealing with it or affecting the way I'm processing it. We're doing it right when we want to do it, not when we feel like we should do it. So if you're struggling um, in this area, I guess I feel like the encouragement should be like, spend more time with Jesus, um, spend more time talking with other people who love him and who follow him about him, uh, worship him every day. If you can play worship music in the morning or in the evening before bed or both, wonderful. Uh, we need to be immersing ourselves in what the gospel is and what it does to us personally. And I think this is the way to authentically having our feet fitted with a readiness that comes to the gospel of peace. It's the, we need the readiness. That is what is on our feet. And the readiness comes from this authentic, lived, um, constant experience of the gospel in our lives. Uh, I was praying this week about the Sunday and just asking God, you know, God, what do you want to do this Sunday for us and with us? Um, what is it if you could do anything you would want to do? And uh, the picture I had was um, actually just of Jesus being um, here in this room with us this morning and going to each of you, each of us, each individual person and placing his hand on your shoulders and looking you straight into the eye and saying, I love you. I accept you just as you are, however much of this you're doing or not, or whatever else is going on in your life. You are fully accepted by me and loved by me. And I think that's where he wants to take us this morning, is a reminder of his love for you and that he loves you so much more than your performance for him. You know, that, that is another thing that I really struggle with is I have struggled with a lot since I've become a Christian, wanting to perform for God because that's kind of my instinctive reaction to someone I respect and admire and love is that I want to do really well. And I do that in all kinds of contexts, like at work and other places. But God is not like that. He is not asking you for a great performance. He is asking you for your whole heart, which in some ways can be harder than performance. Opening up our hearts and letting Jesus truly love us in the depths of ourselves. I don't know if you ever 
hear what I believe is a lie um, from the enemy, that our lives are inconsequential, that there's nothing meaningful about what you're doing, that you're not one of the people really changing anything or who will bring about any transformation of this world. This passage tells us that that is a total lie from the enemy. Your life has purpose. You were created to be, uh, in the Moana sense, an explorer. You were meant to be someone who carries the gospel of peace into the world. You are on the front line of what God is doing in our time. Your life has serious and eternal consequence. And this is what the gospel is. We're doing it right now. We're applying the gospel to our hearts and to our souls. I think when we speak about Jesus from that place, it is authentic and it is powerful. And I think that is the kind of talking about Jesus coming from a very personal place that makes the people around us wonder who don't know him. I wonder if this Jesus is worth looking into. And I wonder if he could be that amazing. I wonder if the band could come back up, please. Um, I'm just going to pray for us in a minute. Um, uh, what I want to pray for is that we would experience um, more and more of the intimacy that Jesus wants to have with us, more of the transforming power of the gospel in our lives, um, and that that would then um, go on to make us ready, to give us a readiness, that God would equip us with this readiness, which ultimately is part of how he protects us in this world spiritually, how he keeps us in him and strong in our faith. Um, so if you wouldn't mind standing, I'll pray for us. Thank you for listening. For more information or for further podcasts and downloads, please visit ChristChurchLondon.org.